0: Tom Holland is not about to go into the NBA. Zion can dominate in the
1: NBA and then cross over into film. The most well-received movie of all time, Dark Phoenix.
0: I remember looking over at you like, bro, this, this isn't bad so far. It got bad. Welcome to WRTS. We run this station, the Athlete Run Podcast channel, presented by Uninterrupted. I'm Spencer Pacinger, former NFL player turned Hollywood producer, and I'm here today with my best friend, my boy Dane Moore. <laughs> I'm giving you so many more. You are. You so are. Many more you're straight right from
2: now. Vegas too. You got one eye. One eye open. One eye closed. Red. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. And uh, as always, we got producer Matt and and producer TD, who we did an intro (laughs) last week and he was a little salty. That's
1: why we just got to do it at the top of the show,
0: right? We're giving you your flowers right now. What's happening, guys?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Just hang and make sure. Did you guys
3: celebrate National Best Friends Day a couple of days ago?
0: No, No. because I I do not observe those random ass holidays.
2: Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. That's a whole issue.
0: Donut Day, I do observe. Donut holidays. But you know, you wake up and it's
2: just like, an it's a new fucking day. (laughs) It's like national, like diet day, cheeseburger day. Where is
3: the day that's just
2: national? This is not a national day day. Like what (laughs) isn't a national holiday? What's that day? And you know, there even now is, and we'll get into it later in the pod, a dark Phoenix day now in LA officially, which is crazy to me.
0: I mean, we can, we can absolutely talk about national holidays, but this isn't a national holiday podcast. It should be
3: though. I mean, this
0: is the film study podcast where we dissect blockbusters that we watch weekly previewing them reviewing them it's what we do here it's our bread and butter
3: through Let's an go. athletic lens
0: through that athletic <laughs> of course it's always
3: athletic lens there's always. always a middle ground can i jump in there really quick on that so yeah, the man. very first time we talked about this show one of the things spencer you mentioned was just how much like we see a lot of athletes in music but you don't want to (laughs) see athletes in movies and TV shows. But you guys watch a lot of movies and TV shows too. So we're proclaiming here, hashtag athletes watch movies Yes, we're planning our flag right
0: now. We're planning our flag. This is what we're doing. What the hell you do during
2: camp? You got to kill time? You're You're too sore. i I always
0: say this. We're, We're not in the club. We're not popping bottles. We are sore on our fucking couches binging Hulu, Netflix and everything in between.
2: And we were old timers so I had to get up and actually change the fucking DVD <laughs> in and out of the out of the thing. Where Matt was like in the Netflix era era during camp. I sure was watching was it great? on the bus
1: on long bus rides. <laughs> yeah. Just uh I remember watching Game of Thrones with my teammates. We had like a headphone splitter. Yeah, so like each yeah. one of us after the game on Sundays we'd be watching Game of
2: Thrones together on the bus. I know that struggle. I know that thing. struggle. Oh, yeah. I, that I struggle. was just trying to get a high score in Snake the whole time <laughs> or whatever it may be or just, you know, being a Dickhead in the back of the bus. I recently
0: just cleaned out my garage and found a bunch of old DVDs of like, um, oh, I saw that. Beetleborgs,
1: like the old school knockoff Power Rangers. I saw that on social. You posted that on social, right? You need to start posting that on the Film Study Pod. You know what? And which everyone listening can go check out at Film Study Pod on social. We love interacting on there. Also at pacing or no vowels, at Dane Mork, and at uninterrupted. as well as this is WRTS. We mm-hmm. run this station, the Athlete Run Podcast Channel, presented by Uninterrupted. I feel like I just read that, but I it's just <laughs> off the cuff. Like a robot. I know. Like it, a robot. Why?
0: Like, eh. Yeah.
1: Uh make yeah. sure you guys subscribe. Show make sure us some you love. Follow. Get the engaged. engaged. Yeah. Talk follow to the us. show on social social. But what We, we have, have the numbers,
3: up, Matt. Really quick. We have the numbers. If we can tell, not every everyone that listens to the show doesn't follow the show. Mm. Yeah. And you're a repeat, repeat listener. You come back every time. Follow us on social media. Everyone's team follow back. We'll even follow <laughs> you back. Just follow us. Yeah, want to hear from you. Sheesh.
1: What everyone wants to hear from us is the movie recap from Dark Phoenix last week.
3: That's what we do on the show.
1: But before we do that, we're gonna prep everyone for Men in Black International. But
3: also, what we do on the show
1: before we do that. Do a lot of things. What we show. do at the top of every show. The hot takes. Oh, yeah. The segment where we react to three trending topics in the film world with fiery, fiery hot opinions. Fuego. A lot of fuego. Dark Phoenix hot. Fuegs. Yeah. That was lukewarm. We'll get there. (laughs) So, first one we got. Tom Holland is set to play young Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie set for a 2020 release. So, Spencer, take one. Sony, do not fuck this up. Ah!
0: Do not fuck this up. Marvel has bred Tom Holland to be the next bankable star there for, we go. what, 20, 30, 40 years? You know, if we're lucky, 50 years, he can be like the Liam Neeson, the fucking Morgan Freeman. As if I'm like, Liam Neeson and Morgan Freeman are like fucking 50 years apart. No, dude, he's already They're just both, oh, let's just say that. But he's being prepped and primed to be the next, you know, Tom Cruise, the next just big fucking person in Hollywood.
2: Yeah.
0: Marvel did that. So we're pretty much giving our baby back to Sony and saying please take care of him for us. Yeah. Which they do have 007. Sony has, you know, they don't they own Vice 007. They They've done a bunch of other action films. So I have faith, but they did give us Venom, which was like kind of cringeworthy. Yeah. So I yeah. I just please don't fuck this up. Don't don't Fucking child. I think, I, think,
2: <laughs> I think what gets looked past this too with Tom Holland too is just how good of a fucking actor he is. Yeah. Everyone, like, oh, it's Spider Man. It's so and so. Like, he has these awesome roles, but the kid is good in everything he does. And a couple weeks ago on the pod, you were like, Spider Man's going to make me cry again. Yeah. Because he plays this role, you know, so well. And no, I mean, he's going to spearhead, you know, phase four and whatever phase for the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward. He found a franchise with this that sounds like it could go on for as long as these games go on so we we're talking me, about
0: it it's it's like the new indiana jones 100 like yeah. Harry,
2: you look at harrison ford in the early 80s he had indiana jones he had blade runner he had star wars all at the same time and to me that's absolutely nuts so whatever tom holland is doing right now uh especially as a straight white male in this business <laughs> you know like that's how i kind of compare it like like you are kind of following in ford's footsteps in a way yeah. like with these franchises and making a name for yourself but at the same time silently kind of killing it acting wise well we're gonna
1: we're I, gonna see like a 60 year old tom holland can't wait we'll probably be <laughs> playing, by indie, then, uh, by playing nathan
2: drake <laughs> you know but yeah but like even today like i threw up something on my instagram just from the fugitive movie and i forgot ford was even in that yeah. like he does his work and stuff and what holland will be able to do uh off of these you know tentpole releases i'm excited for and to me he's also the perfect peter parker
0: i mean so. again sony has 007 they they took the helm on Men in Black. So they know how to do big adventure films. I just hope they get it right because if they do, this is another franchise that they can potentially plant their flag
3: with. I have a question for you, Spencer, but quickly before we get to that, I think this is also an opportunity for the movie industry to get video game movies right. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of goodwill and good fortune. Pikachu was not a disaster. We'll see what happens with so- Sonic whenever that does finally finally yeah. release. Um, But with this though, Uncharted is a massive game on a Sony platform. And I've played it, I, I don't have a ton of time for gaming anymore, but when I can, Uncharted is a game I'll definitely be there for. It's mm-hmm. such a fun game to play. And what I think is interesting here, and I understand the issues with video games, especially when it comes to movie video games that are based off story. It's hard to, like, what story are you telling? You can't, right. back in the day, it was just a retread of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, that's spoiler. Like, that's just that's just a mindful for spoilers. So they try to tell ancillary stories, right? But now what I think is interesting about Uncharted is that this is a prequel. Right? So he's a lot younger. Yeah, he's a
2: young Nathan Drake. Yeah, so they have
3: a lot of free room here to create something that's unique and fun that is connected to the movie, but not necessarily. Not necessarily the movie itself, so that at least from a creative standpoint, you can write some, you know, write some good stories.
2: What really interests me is if if you guys going back to Indiana Jones really quick. Do you remember the opening scene in the third one, The Last Crusade, where it's a young Indiana Jones and he's played by River Phoenix and he's on that train and he's doing a bunch of stuff? That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. And then they ended up doing a Young Indiana Jones series for the '90s, and I feel like they're kind of taking a note from that book, where it's like, well, you know, this did well. We saw a bunch of him as an adult in these <laughs> movies, like. Let's go back and start from the top with this, and start it off a new entry point. I feel like. Yeah, but so that'll what's, be
0: fun. What's interesting too is kind of like how Tom Holland is in Hollywood. Like, there's some duality with Zion Williamson.
2: Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. When it
0: comes to these athletes and these actors <laughs> that are kind of they're they're being prepped and primed to take over the helm of Hollywood and the NBA. So I have to ask you the question: Like who?
3: No, before you do that. Cause, Cause you're still in my thunder here, Spencer. Before what? you do that, I got We got We got to tee this up right, right? We got to tee this up right. Like you have Tom Holland, like you mentioned, yeah, and Zion Williamson mm-hmm. as the show's villain who brings us <laughs> bad sports puns. I gotta ask you, Spencer, as a resident professional athlete, yeah, most recent one, anyway. Shout out to Matt Perrette, Um, Who has a brighter future, Tom Holland or Zion Williamson?
0: Zion, mm, hands down. Z- hands so, down. So, think think <laughs> about it think about it this way.
3: Crazy talk.
0: Think about it this way. Yeah. Tom Holland is not about to go into the NBA. He's not about to go into the NFL. No. He's not about to go into the MLB. No. Soccer maybe. He's what is he? English? Like he, maybe. He doesn't get backflip, man. Zion can dominate in the NBA and then cross over into film. You got to think about the NBA in the next 10 or 15 years where TV contracts are getting bigger. The salary cap mm. is continuously growing. These athletes are becoming you know, social icons. We see it with LeBron. We're literally sitting in an idea that happened from LeBron's brain in this studio right now. Studio six. So for me, Zion is sitting in the chair of, you know, royalty essentially for the next 10 or 15 years to where he can cross over into any industry he wants because he will have people that would want to mentor him to be as business minded as possible, to be the best athlete as possible, to just fucking kill an indie any industry he wants to. Tom Holland is just going to act essentially. But Maybe. Yeah, he has more- He cost- might do more shit. Zion, Zion. Zion has more crossover ability. If you're look, if you looking at Zion and not thinking about how can we recreate blue chips? How can we recreate movies like Kazam with Shaq? Because Shaq was just a big personality back
2: then. Then what the fuck is all this for? I wouldn't do Kazam. I would love it. <laughs> why not? I wouldn't do Kazam. Do I it. also think you're incredibly wrong. Put him on a vest. And I think TD's with me that I think Tom Holland is the brighter future. That's because A, crazy. he's fucking Spider-Man. B. He's already Spider-Man, and C. Zion is still just getting out of college. So yeah. I mean, there's a lot for a brighter future. I understand, but I just I don't see it. Let's now. project like they're both massive successes. Great. right? But
3: Tom Holland already has Robert Downey Jr. as his mentor. Let's say Lebr- you know, let's say LeBron eventually takes Zion under his wing. Mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. as again, it's a tough conversation. I don't, I just don't think it's as easy as you're making it seem. That Zion, it's not for a sure. See, it's this not is simple. this,
0: see, this is bullshit. This is, is bullshit, bullshit right now because you guys are talking about Robert Downey Jr as if like oh this is Iron Man and Spider-Man and it, and it's a mentor it, no this is Robert RDJ Downey Jr and Tom Holland
3: He is like, Iron Man
0: <laughs> Man he's sharing scenes with Robert Downey you Jr You guys are you guys are looking at he's, a relationship on TV and applying it to them in real life. We don't know their relationship outside of what we've seen on film. You don't know what's happening behind he, I, I, Tom Holland might be a fucking asshole. I think Robert Zion I think
2: Zion's like the sexy answer but I think Tom's the safe answer right now. I but, think I think I think he has a brighter future right now. I, so,
0: but that's the question: is who has the brighter future? Define brighter future.
3: No, I no, I, I get your point. I get your point. You're trying to make Zion has the ability to be, to become more than an athlete. Yes. Shout out to Uninterrupted. Yes. Um, whereas Tom, we just don't know. He He'll might just get become great a roles. great actor. Yes. And real life athletes like Zion and LeBron level—they are real life superheroes. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's what's dominating the the movie the movie landscape. These days. So we got to move on. We could talk about this all day, but we'll do it on social.
1: We'll put this as a poll on social media. Follow Uh, us on social. Next one Frozen 2 trailer just dropped. So, Dane, take two.
2: I might cry in Frozen 2. (laughs) That trailer kind of choked me up. It, yeah, I, I I'm a big Frozen One fan, so like seeing seeing this, I was I was really excited. Spencer, I know you haven't seen. I've Frozen. I've never seen Frozen, and I even commented with a two year old daughter. I thought that was crazy.
0: Yeah, she's two years old. Frozen came out like six years ago.
2: I, you know what? I see Frozen shit everywhere <laughs> for kids. So whatever it may be, I don't think really ages. Matters, we'll get there. We'll get there with my daughter. I thought daughter, it looked great. Man. They they were jumping. It, it was a dark trailer for a Pixar film, but like you know, it, it looks like they're jumping into a little bit more of the backstory of you know Elsa and Anna, these two. Scandinavian Sisters, Princesses, Idina Menzel, and uh, Kristen Bell. And uh, you know, it, it it looks it looks good. It, it looks like a Pixar, Pixar movie, like yeah, they, don't and miss. they haven't, you know, they pop out great films. So yeah, they, I'm excited for it. I'll watch Frozen, it. just watch it. I, if oh, I want to see you wanna a Snowman, a I'll watch it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Did we do that to say no? See, yeah, that's my bit. best friends. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh no. Uh, as Spencer would say, I'm uh, I'm with it. I'm with
3: it. No H. I have seen Frozen. Don't remember much of it though. I would say though, just if we're pulling back, pulling back the curtain here, I've never seen. I've only seen one Indiana Jones movie, and I was forced to. So, just saying. What yeah, I know. This is a stare also, down. My silence is I a stare also down. was forced to see Star Wars. Like, so essentially, like I John Williams, Wars. I'm a big Hans Zimmer fan, which we'll get to later on. But right. like a lot of John Williams' stuff from the from back in the day, just doesn't work for me. It just dates. John it. Williams is
2: the composer of Star Wars.
3: Dates it, but. I'm not a huge fan. See, and this,
0: this is this is what's crazy to me is because Indiana Jones is iconic because of the score.
3: Yeah, I get like, it. It Doesn't work for me.
0: I can listen. I can listen to that score like when I'm driving, and I'm automatically in an adventure.
3: There's stuff in a Jurassic Park that works for me still, but interesting. I do It doesn't work. I didn't for me. expect that from you. Producer TD. We've
2: we've we've said this before. He's a huge score guy. And he always, you know, he's he's got his favorites, and apparently Indiana Jones is not one of them. Which, which is, like, is iconic for its score. Whack. I get Whatever, whatever. Well, I
1: think we should let it go here. Let this take go. No. <laughs> I think that was it's good. time. That was
2: good. Let it go.
1: Let it go. It's time to move on to take number three. So John Cena officially joins the cast of Fast and Furious 9. Vin Diesel originally teased it on his Instagram back in April, but it was finally confirmed by Universal. So Spencer, take three. They should've got Dave Bautista.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. They should've got Dave Bautista. He's so good. Here's Here's the thing with John Cena. John Cena is best as an actor when he's in a comedic role. He's funny. When he, when he plays a serious role, it's there, but you you kind of feel that crossover of WWE seeping into it. By the way, he has a very strong face. So when he acts serious, like you really fucking feel it. When
2: he's serious, he just seems roided out. Yeah. Like, like I'm fucking angry, like like veins out of his neck. Like, how'd, how'd you fit into that? But for me, like, and <laughs> we've
0: had this conversation before where I always say, you know, per flick, Dave Batista has a better resume than The Rock. And if you want a serious actor, if we don't know. At least I don't know right now if John Cena's going to play the villain or if he's kind of tying into. There's, in to there's this no collective. details.
2: They said literally in quotes that he's a badass, and I was See? like, cool, neat, okay, great. okay.
0: But if you wanted a certified badass that can that can have acting chops and and share the screen prominently with The Rock and this ensemble cast, Dave Batista has given us quality fucking roles in the limited roles that he's had. Yeah, yeah. he has. No, so, he's been great.
1: But can I, can I make a confession real quick? Please, I've only seen one Fast and Furious movie. Was it Tokyo, Tokyo Drift? To- Tokyo Drift, please. <laughs> it was Tokyo hey, Drift. There we go again. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's the only one I've seen because it's
2: the one that runs
1: on TV the yeah, most. Yeah.
2: I like that scene in Twenty One Jump Street where he swe- he swerves the car and yeah. he goes Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, that, that, fun
0: soundtrack. But yeah, yeah, what was yeah. hilarious about Tokyo Drift was like they just thought the franchise was dead. Yep, and it was like, yep. okay, this is this is the you know the nail in the coffin. Let's fuck it. But when the fourth one came out, and then the fifth one, to me, the fifth one's still the best one because it rebranded Fast and Furious to be this larger than life entity. Now, was this nine? Nine, yeah, like.
2: With a the fucking spinoff. With a spinoff and 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 so coming out and movies, later this year,
0: which is like we're gonna we're gonna watch it just to watch it, but uh, but
2: I'll I don't, watch anything with Jason.
0: I'm gonna see it. You you're like be done with Fast and Furious right now. But for me, I'm like when I saw Vin Diesel stomp on the roof of a parking garage and cause it to crumble, I was like, okay. And here's you guys what, are gonna find yourself in space here's eventually.
2: I didn't watch Eight because you talked shit about it, and you were like. You were talking, I love Charlize Theron, yeah. but you were like, oh man, there's like a sub scene where like, no, nah, don't, don't fuck with They're getting chased by a submarine
0: yeah. on ice and get away. It's like they took a bunch of micro machines and
2: were like, here's what's gonna happen in the movie. Let's <laughs> fucking go, like, no. And I, I'm just over, I stopped at eight. I've seen all the others. I actually have not seen Tokyo Drift. I've seen parts of it on TBS because it's like their favorite thing to play. But, but I can't is... do it. I did see Vin Diesel though, driving on Washington Boulevard in Venice not too long ago. <laughs> And he was driving his car exactly like you would think Vin Diesel would. Just fucking
0: biceps, bicep out, like this, like arm. like
2: arm, one arm on the wheel, like <laughs> all the windows
0: were tinted. This is what this is one of those movies that you're not watching it for the compelling story. You're watching to see how crazy it can be. Like when we went and watched The Meg last year, it was a terrible movie, but it was terribly brilliant. It was, I loved The Meg watching it because of that. This falls in the same vein as that.
2: The Meg was so fun. That was, was a great hilarious.
0: day. That was a great day. <laughs> it was, hilarious. That was so, a good day. How big is that thing?
2: It was the largest
3: shark that ever existed. Quick three, very quick three things. One is this is a, currently a, a, a Confessions podcast, so you have to confess one movie you haven't seen before, Dane, that most people have. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, so you don't have to do it now. Just think about it. Uh, two, uh, Fast and Furious, like, I've seen all of them. I mm-hmm. forget them as soon as I walk out of the theater right? It's like you watch him yeah. and it's like, yeah. it's a nice, it's a forgettable experience. And lastly, this is just Vin Diesel getting back of The Rock, right? It's like, all right, Rock, you're going to go off and do your own spinoff movie? <laughs> Screw you, we're going to get John Cena in here was a better actor and make this shit
2: happen, so. I mean, I didn't see eight, but I didn't want to see eight. <laughs> I gotta think
0: on that. I gotta think on that. Yeah, I gotta think on that too. What what movie am I ashamed that I haven't seen?
1: We could talk about it on social media. So why don't you guys hit us up at Film Study Pod? let us know what movie that you're ashamed that you've never seen is. Yes. uh, Shit, man. And we'll start making some confessions on social media as well. But now it's time to get into the movie prep of this show. Fuck, my head's spinning. We're prepping you for Men in Black International international I found you which makes me perfect for this job so a quick summary of this movie Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson star as agent H and M who employ high-tech weaponry to battle mischievous aliens on earth however (laughs) the pair also discover a major threat within their own ranks do they really use the word mischievous? Mischievous? Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's really funny. Mischievous. <laughs> you have to try to use that word. These aliens are being silly. Let's blow them up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, yeah. Nailed it. Oh, my Um goodness. so, who found some interesting info about this movie?
0: Shit, I'll start. I'll start it off. You start it off, sir. This is essentially like Marvel in black because <laughs> uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are the eighth and ninth cast members to be casted in Men in Black. Some of the most notable ones, Tommy Lee Jones, uh Vincent, again, I'm fucking up names. Vincent uh Do- Ornof- D'Onofrio, Orn so Kingpin. You're always Kingpin. good. You're always good with those. D'Onofrio, I Mr. like him. He's good. Mr. Wilson fix mm-hmm.
1: uh it was Ariel Dawson, was a- Josh
0: a- Brolin, Mike Coulter, who was actually he wasn't in Marvel before Men in Black. I actually went back and watched uh Men in Black three a few years ago.
2: And yeah.
0: You see him you see him as a dad. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Luke Cage. Oh. Mind blowing. It was it was dope to see but those are just some of the few notable names that, you know, the ones that are on Netflix, the ones that are in these big billion dollar industries. Men in Black is essentially like, okay, who's popping off in, in the Marvel universe? Let's bring you over to Men in Black and let's get all that residual effect from it, so. Well,
2: it's almost like, you know, we always complain about how there's like no original movies coming out right now. Yeah. It's 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 a formula that they're just following and it's working and I, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth and Thor Ragnarok were amazing. So like, I'm I'm hyped. I'm I'm really excited for this film. I think they're going to do a great job, and it's it's a safe play.
0: One thing, too, when it comes to just I'm actually very hyped for this director. Um, you know, Gary F. Gray is somebody that, and this is why Matt, we got, to, I got Gary to F. To you. Gray. F. Gary Gray. You did, did I it say again. Gary F. Gray?
3: What did I <laughs> say? What did I say? You said Gary F. Gray you did it again Michael Keegan Key first time listeners yes <laughs> I've Spencer has this thing where he mixes up actresses he can't tell them apart Evangeline Lilly Jessica Biel Michael Keegan Key Gary and F. F Gray up right? names yeah. F. Gary Gray
0: see now I sound like I'm like cursing at him
3: no <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting though the first name initial yeah. M. Night Shyamalan that's yeah. another one like you have to be a certain type of person Do you, to have that when you got F- a middle first... name
1: like Knight though like, wait so oh, time point. out you play, time you out. play, you play out. up Knight yeah. if you meet
2: him are you like What's up, F? I'm like yo, Gary. What's going on, F? Like Agent I'm F, because well, he probably Gary, goes by Gary,
0: right? Anyway, but again, <laughs> much respect to you, F. But you know, in our in our in our episodic uh, rundown of this podcast, you know, Matt only wrote down that he was a director. What movie was it? In, uh, Straight out of uh, Compton. Straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. He's got some titles yeah, in his resume. Mm-hmm. You know, just just to be short, you know. The Italian Job. Oh yeah. Friday. He did a Fast and the Furious. He did Set It Off. Like for me, this is a guy that created some of the dopest movies of my childhood. So the fact that you only had one title for him, I was like, this Call is fucking respect. Call this him is out. disrespect. He did add I not the stand I,
3: for it. IMBD <laughs> late though. So
1: yeah,
0: I get it. I get it. But that's that's my guy. Set it off. That's my guy. though I true. fuck yeah, up yeah, his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. No, he's Mr. doing good films. F Gary Gray. Great Gary. I'm not cursing at you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's I I think this one will be fun. I mean, clearly they're they're going all over the world, which is awesome. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh Originally, they were weren't they saying they were going to do a MIB and like Jump Street yeah. crossovers? So
1: this was originally supposed to be when they first did the the treatment for this. Uh, back I think it was 2013. Yeah, it was going to be a Jump Street Men in Black crossover starring Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill reprising their roles. Yeah, which.
2: Originally, I read, jo- that was Jonah's idea. I still call and it And then bullshit. they said the franchises weren't compatible and it just didn't work out. And like Oh, make could it have st- told you that. But. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but then why do they announce it? You know what I mean? Like, they, they go through all this, This that was a big announcement when yeah, that happened. But- and so, like, then, then they go, oh, well, it just wasn't compatible. But it's also something where Jonah was like, us going to, like, space and doing shit like that, like, our stakes aren't as high. That's not going to be funny. Well, so I kind of I understood that.
0: For me it's it's just two different movies. Yes, they're sort of buddy comedies or whatever, but if you take Men in Black into the realm of 22 Jump Street, yeah, technically it would be 22 Jump Street going to the realm of Men in Black. But I think if you were to do that, you would essentially shit on the last 3 Men in Black movies. You kind of you kind of tarnish the legacy that is Men in Black. So I'm actually happy they didn't go with that because it it didn't make sense. It, it came about in a time where it felt like studios were just trying to compile as much stuff together and just piece things together to see what they can get, how much money they can make. So it's these two big entities. Let's bring them together. Let's see what we can get out of it. But it just didn't seem organic.
2: There was me. something there though, at that point that they liked. And I'm curious what that was. And it was probably just the, the money aspect clearly. And the but names like, that and you the can names, into. I know that, but like creatively, they were excited about something. And I don't know what it was. I would not have hated that film. I would have saw that film. I know you, you guys would have as well, but. It's not happening. So we're on MIB International, and um, I think that was actually the more appropriate step. And yeah. um, this movie looks great. I mean, they didn't just stick in New York. They're you know they went to uh, I believe they went to all over Europe and Morocco. Yeah, and it's, it feels very big. The production feels really yeah. big. it feels a lot bigger than the previous ones.
0: Even and though the other ones are like talking about fucking the universe and space, where like oh they're you know they're in a different country. It's very big. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> they yeah. They were yeah, 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 they've yeah. been in outer space. Yeah, it, it was it was funny too, and. The, during the trailer, I don't know if you guys caught this, uh, they're walking in MIB's, um, wherever they're in, in their headquarters, and there's a painting in the back, and it's agent uh, J and K fighting the cephalopoid from the first yeah. one. And you, I thought that was You cool. said
0: cephalopoid way too many times since I've known you.
2: I've said cephalopoid <laughs> probably three times in the past 24 hours. That's still hours.
0: way too many times since I've known you.
2: There's a... Do you know how to spell it? I know how to spell it, too. <laughs> Please I won't, don't. but Please don't. there's Please a P don't. in there. Maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: One thing I think is cool too with just there's in terms of pieces. obviously, you know, this being film study and, you know, through that sports lens is there's a lot of marketing Yep. with sports. Obviously right now we're in the NBA finals and it's kind of weird because the marketing campaign that they have every year during the NBA finals, there's that one movie that's coming out, that summer blockbuster that leans heavily on athletes to kind of drive
3: it, to get those. Cause athletes know, movie too, man. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But in the in the NBA playoffs with the campaign you know they have guys like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and a handful of other people
2: uh isn't Chris, it Chris Paul. Paul Chris, mm-hmm. Chris Paul yeah. well. I see that thing all the time
0: but don't you guys feel like this is it's common cuz every year you see these athletes and you're like oh wait you guys are the losers you guys didn't make <laughs> you're it to not the, the, finals. the finals. you're not in the finals
2: like, like, so you're pre- you're prepping for a movie <laughs> like,
0: it wouldn't it be smart to like actually look at the teams that have the broadest chance or the 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 biggest chance of making it to the NBA finals and possibly getting a weekend with them to come and shoot this stuff. So then you do have Steph Curry. Man, yeah, they probably the shot NBA. that shit but so a,
2: long ago. Yeah,
1: but there's a trade off, too. It's like Chris Paul is so good on camera. It's yeah. Like you definitely want to get something with him. And he's available. And I'm sure he's I don't know. Idea. Like, I- I- <laughs> ideal hey, ideal kind of pretty fucking good. hate that commercial. <laughs> I'm going to take that, too.
0: <laughs> but, that's, but that's the thing, too. Is like they're getting paid to do it. So, like, they're yeah. not really the losers. It's just a reminder to me, like, oh, wait, you're not in, you're the, finals. Not in the finals. You're in this commercial. Right. So yeah,
3: sure. those commercials are pretty. Fun for what they are. Thirty seconds. They're it fun. shows yeah. the characters of you know Chris Hemsworth, Agent M or H, is he M uh, M. He's, M. He's yeah, yeah. And you know Tessa Thompson as well. They play off each other pretty nicely. Um, they're definitely not shot in the same location at all. Yeah, at all no. on the green screen. No, but <laughs> they're fun.
0: But what's what's cool with that too, it, it not being shot in the in the same place is you know look at the title. It's Men in Black International. So again, keeping to sports, you know, you found something that where uh the German soccer player. What yep. was his name? Uh, Jerome uh, Botank. Jerome yeah. Botank. <laughs> you were totally
3: gonna mess it up, Spence. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I was <laughs>
0: excited to mess it up you, kinda, you took my thunder. <laughs> now we're even. Yep. Uh, but I think it's I think it's dope that in keeping true to the title of international, they're essentially going to juxtapose different, you know, iconic athletes from around the world. In yep. those specific markets, so out here right. you can probably see the Russell Westbrook, who like let's be real, kind of looks like an alien himself. <laughs> but and then you go, you know, Bailey Kid, you, you go to you go to Germany and, yep. and you and you see Jerome out there. You yep. can go you go to, to England, England, and England, yep. and you know, the, a, probably a popular soccer player out there. So yep. I think it's cool that in keeping true to the international title, they're allowing themselves. So, and this is this is kind of new. I don't know if they has filmed. Have they really done this before? We're kind of like I, splicing in. Yeah, you know, like almost like regional, regional stars.
3: Yeah, obviously, you know, with the in this day and age, with China being such a big market, you see a lot of movie studios now pandering to the Chinese audience. Mm. Sometimes adding in characters. I believe, like the Transformers movies, you know, maybe Michael Bay's Last Couple had like mm. whole different plot lines yeah. just for that audience. So wow. yeah. maybe not in Winter this Winter Soldier had
1: a gui- uh, great one. Winter Soldier <laughs> had a great one. No, a great one. Uh, remember Cap's book yes remember he's mm. taking the notes of like yes. what he should be uh star wars is on there, studying is on there yeah. what he should be studying it was like star wars slash star trek that yeah. was one of them thai
3: food was on there Thai yeah. food. but, I saw that, but yeah.
1: in each country it was different it, some of the things were the same but a lot yep. of them were to those countries so that they'll do sense. like i wouldn't call it pandering td i just think it's a nice like little easter egg for the <laughs> fans of those countries that yes as filmmakers, we recognize you and yes. that we care well, about it's you. It's kind
2: of like actually not to get on top, but when we prepare projects, like you have to assemble it. You know, it's the same thing. You're saying the same thing, but you're saying it very differently in networks you go to and, yeah. and wherever, you know, because the demo is so different and people are looking for different things. So that, that's that's cool to hear. And it's cool to see kind of on that level. Yeah. Um, and clearly why some of those properties do better overseas than here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. But like,
0: so, you know, again, in, in prepping with, uh, you know, film study, and, and that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Is giving you these tips before we before you choose to see the movie. We want to give you these things that you can go to and and hang your hat on going into these movies. Mm-hmm. Just you know, little tidbits. So, yeah. what other films are out there that they can possibly see to prepare them? For me, you know, I'll start it off like you got to look at the director. You got to look at Gary.
3: See,
2: F I fucked it up again. Gary <laughs> Gray. See, I, I, I'm you better apologize to F
0: right
3: now. <laughs> oh, no. Gosh, fuck. Keep effing it up, man.
0: F Gary Gray, you know, to me, you got you have to look at the Italian job. Yeah, you, know, you, have, you have to look at you know, big stakes, you mm-hmm. know, trying to figure things out. You know, he did
1: fast seven, right? Was
0: it seven of six of or I seven? seven. It was
1: fate, whichever one is fate. I don't know.
3: <laughs> I can we just. Quick sidebar for how how lovely they keep titling those Fast and Furious movies. It's yeah. like they don't follow convention yeah. anymore. It's just they just name it whatever they want at this point. They do Fate it in the, the they it's do
1: like, it in the poster, right? Yeah, they do. Fade of, like of the Furious. Subtle. subtle. <laughs> oh, that it's was like the eighth F, one. F eight is in the background, but it's not in the actual title. Same thing with Dark Phoenix, which we're gonna get into <laughs> oh, later. Yes. Where it has the they don't have X Men, but it is a circle around the X of Phoenix. I'm
0: yeah. I'm waiting for them to just like drop their balls and just be like. Fucking Fast and the Furious. Just
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. put it on the poster. We're getting there. Why not? I mean, do you feel like you need? I mean, I, I feel like it'd be helpful to see all three of the, the Men in Blacks. Clearly, well, absolutely. See, I mean, if you don't to want to me, do, that's if, a given. If you don't want to do all three, honestly, I, I think one and three would be good. Maybe. Yeah, what three was actually very underrated. It, it didn't think do too well, too well. But Jermaine <laughs> Clement
0: was the villain. <laughs> you love names. You you know Jemaine? names. yeah, Fucking like Well, I liked that. But show. You know, I think, again, with Men in Black, see the see the trilogy, you know, Italian Job to me is one of those movies that when you're sitting at home and you're relaxing, your mind is off on a fucking, on a Sunday afternoon, TBS, TNT always has those like Gone in 60 Seconds, always has the Italian Jobs, like, see that movie because it's undoubtedly a good time. It's like fun. He, he even did uh, Law Abiding Citizen, which mm-hmm. to me was really
2: dope. I actually just, really like, Jamie Foxx? Jamie Foxx yeah, and Yeah, that was a good
0: one. For me, law abiding citizens is another good one because, you know, the plot to Men in Black International is they're trying to expose a spy within men in black organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. L- looking at you, Liam Neeson, because <laughs> when are you when are you ever, you know, not a bad guy?
3: Yeah, especially in that role. If he's a lead, he's not a bad guy. But if he's not in the lead, like I mean Batman begins, spoiler alert, I'm exactly he's definitely going to be end up being Rajah Ghoul. Tomorrow the world will watch some horror its greatest city
0: destroys itself. I can't, I can't wait for somebody, like, I'm gonna actually look this up to be like, oh my God, I did not expect Liam Neeson to be the bad guy. And if I'm wrong- They might
2: be throwing a curveball, man. He might just be If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but like, of this
0: cast, it's probably Liam Neeson. It looks like- I fuck his
2: name up. They were talking, (laughs) I guess the only one really reprising is Emma Thompson as Agent O, and she runs the the American branch, and so I guess Liam's running the London branch for MIB. Um, But uh question about, the really quick question about the director, going back to that. Um, Do you worry about this being a comedy? Considering he hasn't
3: done
2: no. tons of that? No, because
0: I think if Chris Hemsworth has a, uh, you know, he's, he's powerful enough now as an actor to have input. You know, a, mm-hmm. nowadays a lot Absolutely. of actors, they get the script and they immediately think of how they can change it to fit, you know, their palette. You know, shouts out to Paul Rudd, who essentially like created his own version of Ant-Man, but, I, I hope that Chris Hemsworth got the script and said, okay, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses. Let's stay away from this. Let's pump this up. Like we loved him in Endgame, especially that scene him. with him and Chris Pratt, just you know, kind of battling for for top billing of the spaceship. So well, I'm not mad that it's a comedy because Men in Black, like the trilogy, like they had their comedic elements, but you know, at the end of the day, there's going to be a foe or you know, an entity that they're going to have to defeat, and you know, yeah. that
2: won't be Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam
0: Neeson. <laughs> but
2: I'm, I'm not I'm not. Hasn't taken place at all. I, they tried to kind of make Hemsworth this, you know, the first two Thor movies. And when he did Red Dawn, that remake, he did a bunch of stuff where it was like, You're this, you're an action star, you're good looking, you're gonna have your shirt off, that's gonna be it. And he's been like, nah. And he I will watch anything he does now. I think he's he's hilarious. I mean, they were talking about doing a buddy buddy cock comedy the other day online with Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, yeah, know. we briefly talked about that on last yeah, episode yeah. of how many like he has Chris Hemsworth has a
3: movie with Tiffany Hardish in the works is also a comedy. Right. And yep. then Chris Evans saying I love to do a buddy cup movie with him as well. It seems like that's the direction he's going in. Obviously now showing his acting chops in the last couple of years. He mm-hmm. does have that power to kind of choose his own projects. And speaking of we briefly touched on The Rock when we, t- we talked about Fast and Furious. But it is interesting to me, I don't know if you guys saw, that Black Adam now has an, a director yes. attached to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try saying his name, because I'm definitely going to F it up, Spencer Stout. But it's his
2: director for Jungle Cruise, right? Correct. Yes. Same director.
3: So look it up if you want to see, yes. not even try his name. It is interesting like how much like The Rock, like he gets to that level of stardom, mm-hmm. and he's like picking the entire crew. It's yeah. like, oh, this is who I want to... Direct and develop this movie with me. Yeah, it's
2: insane. So Say you in how read much you read that that caption kind of like I did. Where yeah, he was like, "I'd like to announce my director." Exactly. For the Blackout. I'm like, yeah. "Whoa, it's like, motherfucker!" It's like, yeah. like yeah.
3: people yeah. talk about all the time with LeBron how he, he seems to like choose his coaches and yeah. Tyronn yeah. Lue and you know all that's yeah. set up. It seems like The Rock for some reason, even if like his box office numbers don't necessarily show that level of success, he is given that sort of. Leeway in Hollywood, where it's like, oh, The Rock comes with the whole development strategy. It's yeah. not just starring in this movie.
0: I mean, he's he's still bankable. And I think I think that's the thing that studios are looking towards because it's nowadays they're not looking to see like, let's make the most compelling story. It's how can we recoup our money? And when you have somebody like The Rock that is an international star. You give him what he wants, so yeah. he can make the product that can get you. You to know, make your money. last
2: week we saw Rafi from the league. The league, <laughs> the, the, the league used to call the Rock franchise Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> you, you fucking throw him in there. He just like boop. But I mean, he
0: he does things. He puts things in motion. Like going back to LeBron. You know, back in the back in the NBA Finals. Uh, I forget what game it was Game Three. Put, I think when Kyle Lowry got shoved by uh, the part owner of the Warriors. Oh yeah, LeBron tweeted like. This shouldn't have happened, and literally within 24 hours, things change. The guy got reprimanded. Things change when when LeBron says something, shit happens. When The Rock wants to do something, shit gets done. So
3: yep. TP this guy house. <laughs> <laughs> so not saying Chris Whatever, is at that level, but he is definitely trending upwards um, with the way he's done recently.
0: I'm actually excited for kumar Najiani. yes.
2: Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, you <got> it right? <laughs> He's playing a he's playing a an alien named Pawnee. I again I'm he's, with it. And he's uh an H right I've there. only seen him in a little a few things and he's hitting on Tessa Thompson in the promo.
0: Well, he's one he's one of these guys, you know, him as a person, not as the the character in the film, is you've seen for the past ten years him getting better and better with each role you know instead of just being like the slap dick sidekick now he's taking I think he, he just well, the big sick did he that has, I think he has the big sick yep. uh,
2: Stuber is coming out yep. with Dave Batista. he just, Bautista, he just yeah. got cast in Eternals for Marvel exactly just yeah. Angelina Jolie like, this is a bunch another guy with him.
0: this is another guy I'm absolutely rooting for much Excited in the same vein as a, like a Lamorne Morris like, yeah. that's a guy oh, that you yeah, saw Yeah, like I remember seeing Lamorne Morris in fucking Shouts to Winston and his yeah. cat oh man but that to me, that's somebody that you've seen for the past ten years in commercials, and and just slowly building to get to this point. And now he's becoming bankable, so yep. I'm I'm actually excited to see him in this character. This this whole cast,
2: even Rebecca Ferguson's in this too, and she yeah. plays an alien villain. She has a lead. She was uh, she was in for you know for us the Marvel references are key, but you know she was in Iron Man three. Um, she was uh, the scientist, I believe, Rebecca. Yeah. What was her name? Was it Rebecca Ferguson?
3: Uh, she No, no, no. That was, don't, be a, don't pull a Spencer here. Don't mix up uh, Rebecca oh, Ferguson. Oh, I'm mixing up and, and Rebecca Hall. And Rebecca Hall. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson <laughs> I is from, uh, is,
2: is from uh, Mission, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, yeah. Uh, she's great. British my, bad. Bad. British my bad, my uh, bad. I uh, <laughs> just Jessica Biel and Evangeline it like they did it. <laughs> really quick. So not, not only
3: is, Men in Black is the, I guess, wide release, the wider release here. And if you're a first time listener, we always pick one wide release movie to sort of prep you on. Yes. But also Shaft is coming out. And there's a Will Smith connection in both of these movies. Obviously, the Men in Black one is obvious. They even added, There probably is going to be a reference to him in the movie. There is definitely to be. him in the promos, and NBA mm-hmm. playoff promos, mm-hmm. there's a yeah. reference there. But in Shaft, the star of that, Jesse Usher, alongside Samuel L., this is the second time he's playing the son of a known character in an earlier version of the yeah. series, right? Yeah. So he did play Will Smith's son
2: in the Independence Day. I forget it. What, the, what was that subtitle? Um
3: Resurgence. Resurgence.
2: Resurgence. Yeah. Did right. you guys see that? That was the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. In the first 20 minutes, my old, my roommate Skylar, if he's listening to this, we'll, we sat there with me. And we were like 20 minutes in, we were like, do you want to go? <laughs> and he's like, Kinda. No, you, you never, never lose. <laughs> we, no we did yeah. no We did it. No matter how bad the we movie stayed. is, you sit in that movie. I, I just, I had walked out of that film like that was.
3: I walked out of Da Vinci Code Confession. Really? Not because I didn't like it because I was scared. Oh. And I went to see Over the Hedge. I walked out- (laughs) With the hedgehogs? I forget what it was, but I just like walked into the next theater because I was too scared to see Da Vinci go by myself.
2: I
0: walked out of Dude, Where's My Car? Dude, At the time, I was like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen.
2: Agreed. I did that. And now it is one of the most quotable, funniest shit. Where's your car, dude? Where's your car? (laughs) Jennifer Garner is one of the girlfriends in that room. Oh my God, that was crazy. I love, dude. Where's my car?
3: Speaking <laughs> of MCU connections, by the way, um, obviously this movie's the two leads are from Thor Ragnarok, like we've mentioned. But there are other movies. Um, like you know, Matt, Matt and I were looking over this. Samuel and Tom, no, actually Samuel and Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Not only
2: were they in the Netflix movie
3: Unicorn Store, yep. they're also in Kong.
2: Yes, yes, together. Yes. Um, Apparently, they have a great relationship. I was watching an interview with her, and she's like, "We we talk about everything. We're, we've been through sets, like on so many sets all over the world." She says, "It's cool."
0: I feel like you, you watch Samuel L. Jackson and it's like, that's just exactly who he is. Yeah. He's loud. He wears leather jackets. His his head is magnificent. British Tom actors, Holland even said, he's like, head. I
2: felt like I really made it uh, on camera uh, the moment Samuel L. Jackson called me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Went in the line in the uh, trailer, he goes, bitch, you've been to space.
3: Bitch, please. You've been to space. <laughs> so like, man, I,
2: f- I fucking made it. It's when you made it in Hollywood. Samuel Jackson's cussing at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Keeping that Marvel family alive. Is
1: yeah. there anything else before we get into Rotten Tomatoes Prediction time. predictions that um, we wanna mm, that we wanna touch on?
0: I will I will say uh Low uh Lowell Cunningham writer.
1: Lowell Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the it, creator of the comic book series.
0: Creator of the comic book series, the fact that he's a writer on this. I like when this happens in Hollywood because you've seen you see so many stories that are kind of ripped away from their origin, uh from the people that created them. Yeah. So the fact that he's in it and he has input, he he co-wrote the script with two other writers, uh Art Markham and Matt Holloway. Um it it makes me excited to see because this is his baby and the fact he's that he has on input all on films. it. Exactly. The yeah. the fact that he still has input on it even in this like this pseudo reboot. I'm excited to see this movie.
2: That's me awesome. too. And I think, you know, for those who need to catch up on the MIBs, rewatch them. They're a fun watch. Yeah. You know, they're a good time. So,
1: no. So let's make a little prediction on the Rotten Tomato score coming mm. up. So Spencer, what's your Rotten Tomatoes score prediction? Well, now I know how it's scored because <laughs> based on last week, I
0: highly overshot my landing.
3: Yeah, we fucked it up. For the <laughs> do we want to do we want to lay that out for listeners who don't know how Rotten Tomatoes? It is might scored. be helpful. I mean,
2: yeah. Yeah. TD, you have a you have a real
3: have quick, a real quick, no, going, yeah, out, so, going out there. So it's it's a. It's a rating system, and it just aggregates all the reviews online, right? Well, the approved, the verified reviews, mm-hmm. and if you're over sixty percent, you're fresh, and if you're below sixty percent, you're rotten. And then you're also you also certified fresh if I believe you're over eighty. I want to say Something um, after like that. a certain amount of reviews, ninety is pretty hard to get to. Um, but it does happen. Iron Man was ninety three percent, which is the writers on uh, Men in Black. They were involved in Iron Man as well. They got that. So that's the general so, guide.
0: So for so for context, you know, last week in previewing Dark Phoenix, I gave Dark Phoenix sixty percent because I don't really I don't really go which, is,
3: which would be a fresh
0: which would be yeah, a fresh, yeah. and I, I don't really go to Rotten Tomatoes because for me I can't I can't read reviews before watching a movie because it affects how I see the movie. Interesting. So I never really you know. I never really fuck with Rotten Tomatoes just for that. After the fact, I'll, I'll let that absorb into me, but for the most part, I thought giving it 60% was like, oh, that's a D grade. I'm thinking about like school grading system. Oh, terrible movie or whatever, had its moments. 60% D grade, okay, we're good. And you guys are like, whoa, I wish way the way Rotten Tomatoes. Like, wait, wait, I wait, wish what? the Rotten
2: Tomatoes scale was like school related. That would have been <laughs> yeah. a lot better growing up.
0: So now in terms of my Rotten Tomatoes score for Men in Black International, <laughs> I very like proclaim that. No, no. Um, I would, this is going to be in the 70s. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in ah. the 70s. You, you have some bankable actors. You have, you know, for me, a, a very compelling storyline. Uh, and it's men in black, you know, just based off of the brand. They're making millions based off the
2: brand. Okay. Base, just
0: based off of recognition. So, I see what you 70. mean.
2: I'm actually, I mean, we've been talking about it and I, I haven't, you know, prefaced this, but I am actually a little worried about this film. Because the buzz I haven't heard much buzz. And mm-hmm. maybe that's good news, maybe that's bad news, but I'm gonna actually kinda play it safe and I'm just gonna give it a flat 70. I just I don't see this prices right me again. That's that is still, still I, good. I thought that's so too. Fresh but there was something good. about me where I was like looking in the 60s and 50s and I was like, I, could Thompson and Hemsworth really give us a shitty film? Like, maybe. I don't know. I mm-hmm. guess I'm being nice, but I'm gonna say 70. I'm, I'm, Chris
0: Hemsworth's smile is worth at least 40 mm-hmm. percent I saw. I met him at a coffee, I met him at a, a
2: coffee truck and he's the only actor ever where I was like yeah you're you're Thor like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're your role I'm gonna go 55 60 I'm gonna go 60 <laughs> 60 because not just like twitched when you changed that <laughs> number
1: <laughs> this is a 10 pole movie right yes it's, it's a yes. four quadrant movie we're gonna be it's it's just gonna be agreeable. Yeah. And yeah. And no one's gonna be like, this was awful, especially coming off a weekend with Dark Phoenix. This is gonna be a nice thing yeah. to have. I think the the uh the critics will be uh a little more accepting of this one.
0: Mm-hmm. This is this was one movie that again, we're excited to see, you know, on the opposite side seeing Dark Phoenix last week felt like oh, we have to go see this movie for the podcast. But if I didn't have a podcast, I would still see
2: this movie. I don't feel that way about films really in general. And the idea of like, you know, I know we're getting into Dark Phoenix. I felt the same way. Yeah. 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 TD, what you got? For me, uh, looking back at Men in Black 1, I had a
3: 92% Rotten Tomatoes score. And again, it's not accurate because Rotten Tomatoes wasn't... Whoa. Like, it wasn't what it was Uh, now. So this is all... A lot of these reviews are done retroactively. Mm -hmm. Um, So take that with a a grain of salt. 20 years later. Uh, Men in Black 2 (laughs) was about... 39%, Thirty nine percent, I want to say, and then Men in Black Three was sixty eight percent. Yes. Um, for this movie, the two writers attached to this, not the not the uh, comic book writer, um, well, they've done, hand. like I said, Iron Man and also Transformers the Last Night, which two ends of the spectrum. Whoa, because Iron, Iron, Iron Man
2: One is the cream of the crop. Yeah.
3: Yep. Transformers the Last Night is not. Is <laughs> right, very... but that makes you wonder. It, it does make me wonder. So again, just Why? looking at looking at that, but then you know, big fan of what Chris Hemsworth is doing right now, Tessa Thompson. I am going to play it a little bit safer, but less, less than you guys. I'm going to call it around a 46%. Okay. It's going to be a rotten, okay. but not abysmal. John Favreau, Michael Bay. John
2: <laughs> Favreau, Michael Bay. Take Ra- your pick. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough.
3: But yeah, that's the that, Right. That on. Okay. Me.
2: So we're all over the fucking map. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows what this movie. Tell is us what be. your
3: uh, Rotten Tomato score is. As of right now, it's not out. So I'm sure the Rotten Tomato scores will start coming out in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Let us
1: know. Uh, interact with us on social at yeah. Film Study Pod, and uh, we can talk about it. But uh, now I think it's time to get into the the most highly reviewed, uh, most well received movie of all time. <laughs> Dark Phoenix. Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen.
0: Early frontrunner for Academy Award, Best Picture. To Always. me,
2: it is the best worst action movie. <laughs> oh, I will man. say that. Yes. I will say that. Whew. You guys ready for this
3: one?
0: I'm, let's start, I'm like cracking my back. Like, oh, oh, let's So tears. just a
1: heads up, this is a, f- a spoiler, spoiler filled conversation about Dark Phoenix. We're gonna go over movie highlights, MVP, and the future of this franchise. (laughs) Yeah. So overall thoughts, you guys. Overall thoughts,
0: initially, the first 20 minutes (laughs) of the film, I looked over at Dane and I said, is this bad? No, we said, is this good? Yeah, my bad, my bad. (laughs) But we definitely had to pitch. We both had the high pitch because I'm looking at it the you know the car scene when it flips over and and a house slowly and, and that to me that was beautiful. Gene's was a, parents, yeah, just Gene's parents dying and and uh, you, Dane, specifically liked the interaction between Professor X and young Gene Grey of how he was saying like, hey, you're not broken, yeah, you know, you're you're just a little bit different from everybody. I like the at dialogue. that point I I remember looking over at you like, bro, this this isn't bad so far. It got. bad bad, but
2: <laughs> to me, it sucked me in. It wasn't a good film, but I don't, I, I'm, it does not deserve the hate it has got it, doesn't. it It is not the, to me, this is, this is how I feel. And I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. It is not the worst X-Men film. It's a dog shit way to close out the franchise. I'll say that. Yes. But when, once the movie ended, I didn't want to go back. And all I felt was like, they just played that so safe. Yeah. Like, you know, and the troubles that were behind this production, you'd think they provide something a little more. I mean, I know they had to reshoot the third act; they had a lot to do. But you know, it was weird. I didn't hate it watching it, but then when I left it, I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Well,
0: in terms of Simon Kinberg, the writer,
2: yeah, he did and director. I, and, mm-hmm. But here's the
0: thing: he did no Simon Kinberg the writer did no favors for Simon Kinberg the director. I think they had some very dope scenes in there beautifully shot scene even with Hans Zimmer in the background just the gods on uh, Hans Zimmer there were some like, good there's good tracks yeah. the, the the moment where she absorbs the mm. Phoenix force listening to the score I was like this is amazing it's it was almost godly you know there was like a woman like echoing in the background it it, it that was beautiful to me so and now again that was in that first 15 20 minutes of the film so I'm like yo this isn't bad but getting to the intricacy of the script there were huge plot holes like i didn't i didn't feel for jessica Chastain's character as you know this alien race that has been displaced and they're, and they're and they're traveling for traveling to try to capture the phoenix force and now it gets absorbed by jean gray so they attempt to like turn her to create a new world the on phoenix earth. force
2: that destroyed their entire civilization and now they go looking for it yes to rebuild their civilization on earth and it and I just yeah, it was, it was a weird film. Like I thought,
0: I thought Jessica Chastain was coming in hot as the villain just off jump, but you see her and she's just like at dinner with her friends, like in a cabin, and here's her dog barking, and all of a sudden you see these aliens. She shows up at that dinner
2: and they're like, "Why are your eyebrows white? (laughs) What the fuck is happening?" And that was fun. I I I thought she did a fine job for what she was asked to do. Um, You know it, it, it. it it really upsets me, though, that that's how the Fox X-Men franchise had to close. Yeah. Um, because going into it, one thing I realized the most is how much I cared about um, the Magneto-Xavier relationship. Yes. And I really enjoyed McAvoy and Fassbender and what they've done over these films. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who saw this film maybe haven't invested time into the X-Men films that much, but I actually have, and I gave a shit about those characters, so I think that's why I liked it more.
1: Yeah. This was a Not a good movie. You guys, you guys are being too nice. This is a bad movie. And I don't have anything nice to say, Matt. (laughs) No. And I, and I think there's, there's nothing you could do to save this movie. Honestly, it, Hans Zimmer tried to do it by scoring some of the dialogue at I, the in the very ten minutes of this movie. So, they Hans had to score so the dialogue. If Sophie Turner and Jennifer Lawrence hadn't had that conversation, <laughs> they would have made it out in time. <laughs> they could have just not have that it. expositional dialogue yeah. before they got on this the ship to yeah. go up there. It's just. It just was not good, man. There was the dialogue <laughs> was not good in this movie. I have I
2: have some. Oh, it was go, it, the dialogue was not good. In t- the t- t- beginning, it was not that bad, and then it got bad. TD, yes.
3: t- t- what do you got? Overall thoughts, really quick. I just want to say that you guys are currently the professionals of Hollywood right now. So leave it on us to be the actual like terrible fans who are just watching in basement bashing movies because you guys actually work in the industry and we don't. Um, but I'm in map right. Did not think this movie was good at all. It felt really, really small. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, it did have that kind of Fantastic Four parallels. The most recent Fantastic Four with Michael B. and, yep. and those guys were first twenty minutes of Josh when We read. It felt like, oh, this could be going somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh no, it's not. You can feel that. You can almost feel like a hard cut. in, and you know, like twenty minutes in, that oh now this is a bad movie. Paper thin villains, right? Paper thin great cast and crew behind Ugh. this, but you waste that cast because it looks like everyone's just going through the motions. I won't get into it in more detail, but just to say I'm with Matt, don't love this movie. However though, everyone's hating on this movie. Mm-hmm. So why don't we zig while others are zagging and just go around the room and kind of give some of a highlights just around the room and we discuss them as we come up. Two rounds of highlights. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Two rounds of highlights. Again, I'm starting off with Hans Zimmer. There were moments in the film where I was completely encapsulated by the score. Even though what I was watching wasn't the best, I kind of dumbed down my brain to only pay attention to the sto- to the score, right. and that allowed me to get through some of those scenes.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mentioned Xavier and Magneto, but honestly, it was just seeing these characters again because I did, I did I'm invested in them and I cared about them. I really love First Class as a film, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, closing that out with some of these these characters, even though Jennifer Lawrence, because like she's doesn't give a fuck about being there <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but uh, no, I just seen those characters interact again. I'm a big Magneto fan, and honestly, I left that theater being like, "What a bummer of a movie!" But I'm excited for seeing these characters again in the future in the MCU. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a, a big Hans
3: Zimmer fan, as as you guys said, but like,
2: not even he can save this movie, right? <laughs> like, it's
3: just like it was, it was forgettable all around. and Like I said, we don't want to be, we don't want to be the party poopers here, but we want to keep it real. We want to keep it real. But that being said, even if I do love the cast, right? Mm-hmm. Great cast. I mentioned how I think Fassbender and McAvoy. I put them up against Downey and and, and the guys. They're amazing. Yeah, they are fantastic. This is the movie that filled McAvoy. I don't think McAvoy was given some really really terrible scenes, mm-hmm. and Fassbender still kind of did his thing. But even he, like, it just they didn't. The script, the script didn't do them any any favors, any justice.
2: At the end, I kind of felt like they like villainized Charles Xavier. In they did, 100% way. and I was did. like, Which this I was whole again. fucking series is that about him, and you made him. And like, we never got, like, you get inklings of that, like, going through the series. But like, in this one, for that to happen, that was, I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Well, an- shit, another highlight for
0: me, too, was the fact that they, uh, you know, they killed Jennifer Lawrence in the film. Like, <laughs> <I know. laughs> Mystique, it, like, for so long, she has expressed not wanting to do this role, not wanting to play this role. And, you know, she actually didn't sign on initially to play Mystique in this final film, but had to change her heart and came back. Yeah. But I feel like she's like, listen, I'm coming back. But please kill me. So, yeah. we're not leaving any doubt that I could come back in another recreate, reincarnation of something, or like my blood has now been spliced with something else. And now you bring, like, kill me. There, I thought that was amazing. Did you
2: see the Kimmel interview with her last week? No. Did not. know. Kimmel blew her deaths, even though everyone kind of knew, but they yeah. hadn't been like, said it out loud. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't show her dying yeah. in the trailer. They just show her kind of blown away. And Kimmel basically sits there and t- is talking to the whole Dark Venus cast because it's press week. And they're like, so jennifer like you die in this movie that's pretty and the whole cast goes <laughs> and, and you look at jennifer lauren she's like yeah, yeah fuck it like yeah i die <laughs> and just goes with it and it was just like i've never seen someone so over this whole phase of their life you can't you can't put
0: in the trailer of her like flying back off of jean gray's force and then the next scene jean gray's in like rain drenched clothes like pulling at blood on her clothes Like, like she- why did you make me do that she was my friend i'm like they cut those right behind her. Like, it, like, it was like, crazy. Oh, the so
3: next she's dead. scene is the next, at a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, where do you think she landed? Like a bouncy house? And the whole, like
0: The whole cast is like, oh my God, he just
2: spoiled it. It's like, oh. no, the,
0: the trailer that you guys have been pubbing for the past two months
3: spoiled it. And so part of the articles that have been swirling around about this movie ever since the release is just the marketing issues. Like now it's mm-hmm. Fox, is a, X-Men is now a Disney property, yeah. and it was kind of like in this gray space, but I think we could see that Simon Kimberg wanted to let the audience know that hey, Mystique was dead. Yes, he yeah, wanted. He was 100%. like, "Oh, real shit can happen in this movie, right?" You know, all bets are off. However, though, it does seem like they're still kind of holding back in some respects of marketing the movie. And then, what do you guys think about not having this movie be a subtitle title wise? X Men: Dark Phoenix. It just went strictly Dark Phoenix, which I believe is the first time they've done that for an X Men movie.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I haven't thought about it. Yeah, Yeah. because I haven't really fucking cared about this film. Like, (laughs) I mean, I saw it like it was fine, you know, but like at the end of the day, you know, I did a rewatch and TD, we've talked about this like just through like on our thread of like what we're rewatching and we're big Days of Future Past fans. Some of those films. I look at it and then I see this one and I see Apocalypse Oof. and I'm like how did Oof. this go so wrong? Yeah. And that article in the Hollywood Reporter, you know, says a lot of it and it had to do with a lot of studio overhead saying like, no, this is a tentpole summer release. We're doing this. And Kimberg was oh. like, no, I want like I want, you know, I want this to be a more intimate more personal, story. Yeah. And, you know, like we discussed, anytime a release date is pushed, if it's once, you know, you blink. If it's pushed 3 fucking times, you're like, what is going on? Yep. And it was no, originally what, November 2nd, 2018, yep. then February 14th, 2019, June 3rd, 2019. Yeah. And the reason why
3: it was no longer February 14th, because James Cameron, the super, superhero yes. movie hater yes. of our time. Know this. Well, one who was, by the way, so Avatar is staying number one, not Endgame. Endgame yeah. is going to stay number two unless womp they womp. re-release or whatever. Um, so he holds that crown, right? And then two, he pushed this movie back because he asked Fox that, hey, he wants Alita Battle Angel to drop on February 14th. Yeah. yeah. He is the sole reason why this
2: movie well, he, got pushed he, he back Well, because he was like, again. I don't feel great about uh, Alita's returns, so... Uh, the, the CEO, uh, the Fox CEO had a relationship with him, I guess, and was just like, okay, well, or so they say, you know, yeah. I wasn't in that room, but I also believe that. We saw Alita Angel too. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't hear It was better, better. It it was better was, than Dark Phoenix. It was <laughs> better than Dark Phoenix. Man,
1: that February 14th release would have really helped this movie out, <laughs>
2: gosh, if only they got that. It actually probably would have, oh. money-wise. So what would you have changed? everything I wouldn't have fucking done the movie (laughs) so wait Dana I'm not sure do you did you like this movie you just don't think it was as bad as people are making it out I don't think it's as bad as got it I don't I don't like this movie that much like we talked about it like like Spence and I if we really like a movie we'll see it two or three times in a week and someone asked me the next day you want to go see Dark Phoenix again and I was like no Yeah. yeah And, you know, he's like, oh, I haven't seen it. I'm like, I don't really care. I, I dealt yeah. with
3: that last night as well. I actually, confession again, I actually came in maybe like one minute or two, minute late, two minutes late into this movie. It was my boy's fault. He was That's behind a trash. We scene. almost did too. I know. We almost did too. To
0: if, if Girl uh, line was telling us what happened, heart, happened the first if two If
3: that was on me, I would have walked out. Yeah, You know, because I don't, I don't do that. I yeah. have to see a movie from the start. So yeah, with that in yeah, mind, I almost sure. needed to see it again last night. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. We, I'm good.
0: <laughs> we literally, <laughs> we were like 10 minutes from... Ten minutes into his preview, we were still in line waiting for concessions. So the woman uh behind us said she had already seen it. So we're like, okay, we might be missing the first three minutes of the movie. So like what happens? And like I'm literally like, can I get a popcorn? Can I get a water? Yeah. Okay, so there's a car crash, cool. Bam. <laughs> but we walk in and it had just started. Yeah, it just started. Like we we hadn't, we hadn't missed anything. I think it was ending uh, yeah. the whole like, turn off your cell phone.
2: What, where do we see it? No, we uh, did AMC Delamo because yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, nice. I got Spencer coming to, come to the South
3: there. so yeah, I've kind of nice. timed that. AMC, AMC chains are usually eighteen to nineteen minutes theater right? mm-hmm. that,
2: trailers. That, ArcLight are more like twelve and thirty. Yeah, that's a, you know that's yeah. a, ArcLight oh, You know nice. AMC Delamo's a Dolby, AM, yeah, yeah, IMAX, yeah, IMAX, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that theater's cool. Um, but uh, you know. I, it's just I'm more bummed about it as a fi- yeah. as a film fan and like loving the X-Men animated Such series growing cast. up. Like you said, you, you made a call last week about the best like theme song for an intro. Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. And X-Men. if anything, I'm excited which they're actually trying to reboot, I read. Um that's another that's awesome. time. But yeah. they're uh this movie just didn't it didn't have to be like this, man. Yeah. It I didn't did, have to be like this.
3: Highlight-wise, though, I did like the scene. It, many people found this disturbing. I did like the scene with Xavier being made to walk by Gene oh, Gray. Yeah. Just because I, that was it disturbing. It dude. was that disturbing. Was, yeah. it was Spencer was few, dying. He was like, ah! I <laughs> was laughing my ass off. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it was one of the few times in the movie he elicits an emotional response. But they didn't yeah. earn it. They didn't fair earn enough. it. we enough, they didn't earn true. it. And
1: that's why it was Gene, funny. Gene, what are you doing, Gene? It's disturbingly funny, right? He started the he opens that with Gene, You know
2: I can't walk. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you I'm know, just like, oh, my gosh, You don't want to do it. About. It would have been fine if they didn't shoot him the way he was going up the stairs, yeah. like like Jack Skeleton, like yeah. just like going I thought it was limp. Great. I think I, it wasn't I, earned. Oh that's why. So I thought it was why. I If thought it's it was in funny. any other
1: movie, like yes, that's a disturbing scene. But yeah. it was <laughs> hilariously disturbing. I might in, have been the only first contact.
2: Here's the thing. i was sitting at home, just like
1: this is. This is wait. Were you sitting at home? No, no, no. Sitting when I got <laughs> oh, home, I'm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, 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 Are you watching that no, no. shit on your laptop <laughs> again? <laughs> He's partying He's 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 right. No, no, no. It's Mexican DVDs you brought home. Thinking about it at home, I was laughing again. Is what I was saying. For me, I, I equated it to uh, the, like the
0: physical acting of Tom Hardy and Venom when he's talking to Venom, and Venom's kind of controlling him, and he's, it's just that like, The fish conflict. tank scene? Fish tank fish scene, tank so, scene. I immediately quitted to that, so I'm like, whoa, like, how many times did he have to like, do this take of him just like, crumpling up the stairs, like, stop it, Gene, stop it. <laughs> you know, Gene, like, Gene what, what, there's more to you, Gene. Gene. please. Gene, don't do it. One, I mean, one, one <laughs> thing I would've changed about this movie. Is the whole thing. Is the, <laughs> Well, it's the, it's the fact that, you know, akin to Captain Marvel, and this is where a lot of the reshoots happen, because they, they, it came out and said that, uh, you know, it the ending was familiar to another superhero movie that came out, but they didn't really say it. We all know it was Captain yep. Marvel. We all know that- shifting aliens. Well, and it, But even also getting out from underneath the thumb of a male mentor that's trying to like mm-hmm. hone your powers to, you know, whatever fits their needs. So- yeah. Uh, for emotions those, at the core the Emotions, all, you're wrong. My
1: emotions make me strong.
0: Exactly. Yeah. For, for me, it was like with, with Captain Marvel when, um what's his name, uh, Jude Law was saying, oh, yeah. like, tell me you're strong, like, show me your power, with, fight me, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. And she literally like flicks him and like throws him a hundred feet into a rock. It was like, I don't have to listen for, to you anymore. Yeah, that world. moment. For, with me, it was like a lot of the times... You're portraying these these female characters in these in these powerful roles, they're always tied to their emotions. They're always saying how, oh, the emotions are holding me back, but it's actually what makes me strong. I would have loved to see the original storyline of Dark Phoenix where she consumes that entire galaxy of like seven billion people. So now we have to deal with the ramifications of an all-powerful female being coming to justice. That would have been a nice, yeah. a nice, a nice turn in the narrative that's happening now, just to see the different perspective. Not that it's a bad perspective or anything, it's just seeing the entire spectrum
2: of the world that we're in today. It's a shame that they rebooted the Phoenix story so soon because the MCU could have fucking killed this. Yeah, And it would have gone cosmic, they would have had all this shit established, all of these things would have been so because the Dark Phoenix arc, like we talked about last week, it's, is one of the biggest of all time. It's like, like a top five storyline, and, and, and it could and have it been the Civil War. That is the level. movie we got for that. Yeah, like look at look at Civil War. On a what they did attempt. smaller in yeah. a comic book series, and it was you know it's like on a smaller attempt, a two hundred million dollar was it two hundred or two hundred fifty million dollar budget? It was up there, and yeah. this film, in that regard, was such a letdown because that is not the Dark Phoenix story that people know.
0: In in ten years. We're gonna still be doing this podcast and we're gonna talk about Millie Bobby Brown being Jean Grey and Marvel will give us the Dark Phoenix we fucking deserve.
2: Yeah, we need it. Ooh, Millie Bobby Brown as uh, Jean Grey. I just threw that out there. That's off off the dome. dome. That's (laughs) not bad. Can we do a whole episode on this? Just painting like all these like crazy.
0: My mind is working. Like
2: for those who don't know,
0: I literally just came in hot from Vegas, like right off the blackjack table. So my mind is going. He's been sweating this whole podcast. Yeah, (laughs) I probably stunk this whole room up with transit.
3: Any uh, quick (laughs) thoughts on the cast characters? Obviously, Jin Gray, Sophie Turner. What a by the way, what a couple of months for her, right? She probably thought this was gonna be like the most. Praise time of her career Dude, she's hitting her, her <laughs> she's, she's still getting paid the check's still shit. cashing i guess so i guess <laughs> she's so fine. she's fine she's totally fine but then obviously um evan peters who was who is quicksilver he has the issue in the x-men movies that like you have with the hulk where you just have to take him off the board because yeah. if not he's oh, just yeah. way too and powerful by the
2: way i'm sorry didn't even fucking address the father the father arc with Magneto. Yeah. didn't yeah. even fucking oh, no. address i it.
3: mean let's not do that because there's way more that's oh. a can of worms because end of apocalypse is when the phoenix actually came out mm-hmm. however they completely ignore that and they use the whole space storyline to start off this movie so but any quick thoughts on any of the performances obviously else, outside of the leads yeah think i, I got
1: one can i start i think i think <laughs> we got the same one so. um i i was reading an article uh after i watched this and i it talked about the performances of uh, Michael Fassbender and Sophie Turner and how great they did at making uh CGI look real with their hands. <laughs> and it, it, it was like actually believable when they're moving their hands around. <laughs>
2: like they hold the hands like this. Jessica Chastain yeah, I mean, was talking about it too. She's like, I'm really good at this. I, like, think yeah. it's,
0: I think it's funny that they like have to put their hands in a very specific way just to fly.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
0: it doesn't seem that efficient to like put your hands out and standing straight up to fly when really you should probably be more horizontal. It,
2: Every time Jean like wanted to get out of a situation, she just bailed straight. She just up, went straight, <laughs> and like you didn't even know where she was going. And I remember looking at you like, "Where's she go? What's happening?"
0: Well, Michael uh, Magneto is like, "You need to leave," and she's like, "Fine." Zzz, just
2: like, "Where are you going?" Beam straight the, the fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I would I would say what was funny to me is they tried to paint Cyclops as a like pseudo bad bad boy like ty yep. sheridan he was a like, bad
2: bitch like yeah. i'll
0: fucking kill you i'm like i don't believe Dude, somebody it.
2: needs to drop kick him off of that jet. Yeah, yeah. i'm fucking oversized. he tried blocks. to be
0: like the big buff bad boy and i'm like i just still see you as ready player one
3: is it me or did he have like five sweaters on
2: <laughs> oh he had so many sweaters there was one cyclops scene though where we looked at each other, and this was the moment we looked at her like is this bad where he's in the x-jet and he goes down and he looks through the the microscope yeah. and blasts the ship to, yeah, yeah. to angle it and i'm like it was Kind of cool. I was like cool, like harnessing his power. Okay. There were some
3: cool moments, power wise, like you know Magneto using a train. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah, yeah. That, uh, I thought I actually kind of liked the uh, the fact that the younger X Men were holding a party. Yeah, I thought, yep. and like you know little things where Storm makes ice cubes and like that. Uh, Which was uh, an dazzler. issue for
3: me. Why is Storm making ice cubes? I understand the logic behind it, but that's usually like a. Iceman thing, right? Yeah, like he's the one making ice cubes. He's yeah. always been the one God, making ice cubes and it's like I wish Iceman was
2: right. Iceman was awesome. Bobby she made man. some hail cubes is I uh, <laughs> They don't I, taste uh, as good. I loved uh uh I loved Nightcrawler in this movie. Yeah I thought he was awesome and and he he did some of like they needed him in Which every blue situation.
1: Person was that yeah? Which <laughs> bl- the, one blue the, tail, the one with the tail. The one with the tail. The darker one. Over the movie.
2: Yeah. So the one
1: making all the faces, right? <laughs> well, he,
2: and he and he he was in the original X Men video game. I remember this arcade game where he had that get up mm-hmm. in, in, in the tail, mm-hmm. and you could teleport. And I just thought he was always just so he was important to
0: the team. He was he was huge. I have a, I have a moral question for you guys. Mm. Yes. Was Professor X wrong in? retooling Jean Grey's mind to block her from her father that did not want her no
2: Ooh, no
0: silence I love no it. I, I, it's a strong question that's strong a good question questions. I would I say it. no
3: right if he has that power he can have worked with her through that pain through yeah. that trauma of it all as opposed to just like you know I'm just going to block it off completely.
0: hey your dad doesn't want you yeah let's go to class
3: <laughs> <laughs> that could have been it so it, it is interesting though I do think that yes that is from the comics the idea that Professor X could be seen as a villain. It was mm-hmm. this guy that just takes in kids and just essentially or, has them. Um, or, or something worse. mobilizes <laughs> them. <immobilizes laughs> who is this as fucking guy? Why, do you, why does he want to so yeah, live with him? That was interesting. Yeah, right?
1: indoctrinating them into yeah. school.
3: It just doesn't pay off, right? Like I, One of the scenes I really, really hate and I really thought let McAvoy down as an actor is when after Mystique's death and they're in the kitchen and he's just there kind of like, just like, man, good times, let me tell you some good stories about Mystique, and Nicholas Holt has to do the complete opposite, where he's completely sad, because McAvoy, for some reason, is kind of chummy in yeah. this sort of, it was such it was an weird. odd scene. It was like, that's not the Professor X any of us know. Like, but it's funny, because
0: Nicholas Holt was like, in that scene, it felt so split, because he was trying his hard, like, he gave us some of the best acting chops of that movie, but then you look across the table at Professor X, James McAvoy, and it, it just wasn't matching. It like, wasn't matching. This at is all. this is somebody that you grew up with, that you took into your home. Probably the first person you took into your home, the first mutant you took into your home. It he should have been more distraught that his Thanks. homegirl
2: just got him it was It by was weird. Wood. Character reactions and motivations in this film were very strange. It's
3: really. I, Professor X, like his big thing is empathy. Like he can feel your pain. Good word. You know what I mean? So it's like you're there, you can clearly see, Beast and Hank McCoy is in, you know, just distraught right now. I and feel
2: your pain, Gene. <laughs> that was actually
3: really good. That was really good. So much Matt, pain. Matt, you want to you want to do a response no. action? No. No, but don't you feel he always Matt's says so it like that? He always, he always says the so word
2: pain. Pain. So much pain. Like we get it, dude. Life's been pretty hard. <laughs> I'm oh, not okay. You like clean. it, don't you? There's <laughs> that the dialogue. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. And then the, the 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 like the chess scene at the end to close yeah. it out. I actually like I saw uh, that coming that from forced. a mile away, was so and at the same time, I was like, "Wait, are they just doing the fucking Dark Knight?" I got on Dark Knight. Okay. It was All Dark Knight. Right. Like, what's happening? The country? Yes,
0: ridiculous. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was going That's to a crossover. Be, we didn't see coming. I thought it was going to be Professor X sitting down, and they, there was going to be no interaction between him and Magneto. You would probably see Magneto like crossing the street yep. or doing something, and they have that acknowledgement, much like in the Dark Knight at the end or uh, yeah. Dark Knight Rises, where it's just like, "Oh, like." Hey, we're normal. Yeah. These, we're two normal guys. We can blow up this entire world if we wanted to, but I'm going to Whole Foods. Yeah.
3: And, <laughs> and then the Dark Phoenix still rising, like flying across the screen as, as credits Cre- as roll. Hitting her jewel midair. <laughs> awesome.
1: Let's go over the Rotten Tomato score from yes. last week. Yeah. So, Spencer, you said. I was a 60. 60%. Jane, you had 48. <laughs> TD, you had 40. And I had 30. And the Rotten Tomato score was 22%. Yikes. yikes. Out of 25? Um, maggots. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yikes. Uh, so this is the worst. <laughs> Ever X Men movie, but it's not uh, from. The, oh, it is, uh, and it's yeah, it, and it is it is the lowest, and it's the lowest. It's worse than Apocalypse. Yes, no, no it's not worse than Apocalypse. Yes, no, no, it's worse than. This X-Men is going to be Origins. the rest of the podcast us no. so
3: screaming yes and no. no across the way. Sorry, man. It go is on. the worst, and it's worse than Origins. It's worse than it's. It is the worst X Men movie. Clerksman Origins not, Wolverine. Just, not just the box office, right? Origins Wolverine. Fan critics mm-hmm. ratings, the center score. If you check the, that out, oh. this is like the only super Superherail movie that has been a B minus in a couple of years. Only super Superhero movie All not right. to not to be number one at the box office in a long time. Like it's in it's two years, awful.
2: I, I will probably watch it on FX.
3: You know? I'll say this. This could have been an interesting play for Netflix if Disney wasn't doing their own mm-hmm. thing. Like yeah. this, cause the, the issue of this movie got off the ground and had in terms of getting a release date, this could have been an interesting play for like a Netflix.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, you're right.
1: We have five minutes left of this segment, and I want to give us enough time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, And I want to give us enough time to talk about the future of the franchise. Yeah. And that is Disney now has the rights. Boom. They got mm-hmm. it back. Mm-hmm. Marvel has Marvel back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. So what Your do you guys want to see? And when, why? Tell me. Tell everyone I, about it.
0: I want to see them allow us to forget X-Men. Give yes. us adequate time to get this off of our palate, to cleanse us of the, the what, <laughs> past 19 years, 20 years, it feels like. Sounds like sounds I need like apocalypse. Just like, like give, us, us. give us the gift of allowing us to forget about X-Men and give us a reimagining. I think even um, uh, Marvel talked about when they reintroduce these characters is going to be unlike anything we know so that makes me excited and i hope that i don't hear anything else about x-men for the next five to seven years but outside of who's going to play wolverine that's the biggest question who's going to play wolverine because for me that will be the wolverine that my son and daughter grow up to know just like how we knew hugh jackman to be yep yeah so outside of the fucking you know the questions and the who's who who's going to play who allow us to forget about these storylines and give us a fresh perspective.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I also, I want to find a new way in, you know, I don't want to go back to the 60s like and date these characters. Like I want to update them. I want Magneto in the same, like at a similar age as a, uh, you know, a Scott Lang or like, you know, Hope Van Dyne or like whatever mm-hmm. it may be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want to I see the MCU's take on these characters through history, which because the X-Men, they kind of bounce around. And it's kind of interesting. They've always established Mag- uh, Xavier and Magneto um, since the '40s, you know, mm-hmm. as yep. kids. So, like, I kind of want to see them take a new World way.
3: World War in. II is essentially a big part of Magneto's absolutely origin story. Yeah, and, and yeah, they've yeah. included
2: it at least three yeah. times in the, in the in the films. But I want to see a new way in, and I want to see a I want to see a Magneto movie, a solo Magneto movie. Fast yeah. so so Bender should have gotten that. I know. Yeah, and I think the MCU, Kevin Feige, the fact that he started on the on X Men One is one of his yeah. first films. Mm-hmm. That says something because he probably took a lot of notes and saw what they weren't doing right. Yep. And he's gonna he's gonna fix that. And I'm I'm excited for that. And Iceman. I want to see more Iceman. Iceman. Yeah. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think here's my tinfoil hat. We haven't had a tinfoil hat oh, yeah. uh, this we whole haven't. time. But I, I wow. yeah. I think I haven't said rad they, yet, I think, either. No, Whoa. you haven't.
0: Fuck. I just did. I've had a couple <laughs> with it.
1: <so> um, <laughs> catch the fuck up. I think they might use the snaps as a way in um yeah. since the oh, stones were how uh scarlet witch and quicksilver got their powers yes um i and they retconned that now to say that th- it activated their yes. powers yes so i think this is their two snaps being on earth one being thanos this initial one and then the other one being robert i mean it's robert
3: tony stark same person basically yeah yeah no the less of the same person <laughs>
1: that or no, so three snaps, right? Yeah, there were three snaps on Banner Earth. did one, too. Um, so that there was, yeah, the Banner one. So that three snaps, then it sent a shockwave of power, which we saw uh, happen. The, the power surge that we saw yeah. at the, on the on the farm as well, that was the heat signature, whatever they called it. This is going to be their way of saying, oh, well, that activated the mutant gene in,
3: in a few people. So then
1: it's four snaps.
3: Oh right. Oh shit. It's four. It's well, four. no, he didn't snap. He so didn't snap on he earth. He just destroyed he the stones. But I'm
1: saying yeah, that, yeah. that was on a different planet. I'm right. saying oh, we're to gonna say. activate them. Yeah, yeah, but there destroy. were three on Earth, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. And it's that three. those three activated
2: the, the I think you're, you're right. People. I think and that'd be the logical thing to do. And I think I, I think they will. Well, I'm sorry to cut you off. My no, 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 no. I just I that's that's been on my mind. I've thought about that. I don't know how they're gonna do that, but I think they'll find a really unique creative way to kind of establish that. For me,
0: it's 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 in the it's in uh, game, when uh Robert Downey Jr., ooh, Tony IM Stark, Man. Yeah. Iron Man, tells Hulk, make sure, like, only bring them back to this time. Yeah. Don't try to change anything. anything. else. He says, okay, but after the fact, he says, you know, I, I, I tried, tried my hardest to bring back uh, Scarlet. Scarlet. Yeah. So I think yeah. in him thinking about doing extra things, that's the riff. I mean, you can't really that
3: brings where your reason. head would go
2: when you're doing something like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, that's fascinating. I, you know, before we wrap up here quickly, because I ordered Postmates and i <laughs> uh, to <gotta laughs> yep. get on that pretty soon. Um, no, I, I do think that they're going to have an issue. I think they're going to have a bit of an issue, Feige, Kevin Feige will, with like just adapting the X-Men. Because one mm-hmm. thing they've done really well in the MCU so far is like given every person who's a superhero being or superpowered being in any way, shape, or form time, to like for the audience to connect with, time, right? Time. But the thing with X Men though is like everyone is sort of superpowered, right? They're mutants. Like mm-hmm. they're essentially their race or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. is a superpower. So mm-hmm. you can't be at a school and just have random superpower kids running around because now the audience isn't connected to any of them. And now it seems like everyone can have a superpower. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of balance that out. Yeah. I think they're going to lock in and focus, they're going to lock in on doing what. Fox did wrong to start off. So I can see them coming out strong with Cyclops being a complete badass and not this dude who is wearing a bunch of sweaters just to look jacked.
2: Cool glasses, nerd. Well I I also
3: <laughs> We love nerds here, by the way. Big nerd fans. Nerd yeah. positive over yeah. here. We're nerdy over
0: here. <laughs> I think if you can get us to want to see two Ant-Man movies. You can I, do did you X-Men want to see major. two Ant-Man yes. movies? Hell yeah. Or did you
3: just like, hey, we're in the MCU and they're no. releasing Ant-Man. So Paul, right. Paul Rudd Ant-Man. was cast. Rudd was, was like, yep. It
0: was Yes, I'm that seeing it. That is the top of my list.
3: If you can get us to see Ant-Man. I don't
0: know if that gets a third movie, by the way. If you can get us to see Ant-Man, you can do what the fuck you want to X-Men and we're there. It's going to be called Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Ant-Man. Yeah, I could It's going to be a second Ant-Man in it. That's my Ant That was terrible.
1: Okay, let's wrap this up. Next week, uh shoot, I did a terrible job of prepping. Uh, what do we have going on next rundown. week?
3: Next week Let's find is out. going to be next week. Oh, Toy Story four. We'll, re- uh, we'll recap Men in
2: Black uh, International
3: for sure, and, and then, then we
2: will prep for Toy Story four.
3: Yes, there is a chance, guys, and I I don't want to sell this in case it doesn't happen. But screw it, we're a family here, right? Right, guys. Yes. Uh, Jesse Usher, who is in Shaft, also releasing this weekend. Go yes. check it out. He might be a guest on next week's show. Love don't, it. Don't don't. Pull my feet to the fire right. on this one. Uh um, you put it out there. You put it out there. I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's Jesse T. We're we very go. uh big on initials here.
3: Oh, that's right. Jesse T. T. Shout F out to m Gary Knight. Gary Gray. F. Gary.
1: T Jesse Usher is coming in.
0: So <laughs> make sure you guys interact
1: <laughs> with us at Film Study Pod, at Pacinger, at Dane Mork, and at Uninterrupted. Subscribe. Rate five stars. Leave a review. And we'll see you guys next week. All
0: right.
3: See Do you next time. Stay tuned, guys. Peace. Film Study.